1: The professional's choice. What's up guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We got Jesse Stewart from NAVAC on the show and we're going to talk about evacuation and recovery best practices, how Jesse's done it his whole career and how NAVAC trains on recovery and also evacuation. This is a good listen guys, kind of a deep dive, wrap your head around it. New techs, listen up real close because you're going to learn some stuff. Senior techs, Old school guys, you're going to learn some stuff too, guys. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. This podcast is sponsored by Master. They carry Fujitsu. Now, I just had a handshake deal. We're going to install Fujitsu equipment in their training center, a multi-zone, and a centralized system with an air handler. So look for that coming real soon. Probably going to start that around the end of February for them, and I'll have some content on that. In the meantime, if you're looking for Fujitsu, check out master and master.ca this podcast is sponsored by Centos. they have a lineup of blue collar clothing for the blue collar trade so if you're looking to outfit your team with some comfy stuff for the summer coming up the spring um, winter fall whatever it is guys check out centoscom forward slash HVAC know it all they got a whole lineup in their online store welcome to the HVAC know it all podcast Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry, discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. All right, Jesse, so let's tackle this and start with the meme that I put out a few days ago that attracted a lot of attention. Because the meme, just the, the way the meme, memes to me, are, are this they're everybody in the meme is basically a prop if i put out a meme about a political figure i am not making a political statement it's just the picture and the image suits what i want to say right so it was um and you've seen it we just talked about it off off air and mm. or off i guess it's not air we're not on radio but a- anyway <laughs> it was it was a, it was a family like giving their kid the middle finger and he was opening up a present it was like stop using your manifold to pull a vacuum and man, did that drive a conversation. It drove a lot of heated debate. Now, I started learning about this a few years back. And as the the person that I've, I've not always been this way. I used to be a hard, hard-headed, closed-minded individual to when somebody would say, hey, there's a better way to do that. Like, I've been doing this for years this way. It's, it's don't worry, I got this. I started to take concepts and test the theory out myself because it's the only way you can do it. I mean, you can stand in front of an instructor, you can listen to somebody on social media and you can blab and they told me to do this. This is the best way. But until you do it yourself, you have zero clue how it's going to work. So let's talk about this because it is sort of a shift to the younger generation that we are eliminating manifolds in many different ways these days. Manifolds are still going to be around and they're still important because um, they can give you information and they're there's still, still good uses for a manifold, but they're being eliminated in a lot of different ways, like evacuation, like... Um, recovery now that you guys got your big boy hoses out we'll talk about that in a bit Mm -hmm. and even with troubleshooting a lot of a lot of techs are moving towards probes and stuff like that so let's talk about first of all your thoughts on evacuation with a manifold and hoses straight to pump let's get your thoughts on that
0: well so when we talk about evacuation or recovery let's just throw them both in the same category really briefly Um, And I came from the commercial side of things and I came from an industry that valued training really heavily. So I was taught to never do it from the very beginning of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, like you said earlier, I get the, you know, that kind of old school mentality. It's worked for this long. Why change? Well, just like everything else in our trade, this trade is constantly evolving. We have to evolve with it and in addition to that you look at uh and this is a small little tangent here if you will but i can't help but throw it out there uh our industry has suffered a skill gap for as long as i have been in it and i'm sure prior to that and there's no sign of it going away so the way that we can help to improve that is to become more efficient and enhance our skill set so what may have took an hour two hours three hours before If we can cut that time down by even just a small percentage, that changes how we as tradesmen, one, are perceived in our value. And two, it changes how we become better at our job and become quicker, if you will, at our job with no compromise to our work. This is where that manifold conversation comes into play. And so when you look at the let's look at the recovery side of it. So, when I would recover, even when I was in the field, again, I never did manifold. I never did it. However, what I was taught was that if you are using the manifold for your recovery, you're using a quarter-inch hose, and you're not removing the core, you're not using core remover tools, you are slowing yourself down. And that's the reality of it. That same principle can be applied to evacuation, recovery both of them because the whole point of being able to enhance your skill set is being able to control what we can actually control you can't control how big the system is you can't control outside ambient weather conditions you cannot control certain factors but you can make sure that you're eliminating any restrictions that you're using the appropriate tools and equipment to be as efficient at your job as possible now Again, though, like we said before, I get the old school way of thinking too, Mm -hmm. but I've never done it. And that's because just like you said, from the very beginning, when I started an apprenticeship with a commercial contractor, they showed me the difference. It was part of going through the program. You had to see the difference to understand why we do it that way.
1: Yeah. Some of some old school, some, some real old school guys would actually say that they've pulled an evacuation by having copper a copper line actually run from the machine to the mm-hmm. to the vacuum pump because the copper is not as as porous as like a mm-hmm. charging hose but nowadays we have hoses that are built specifically to hold a a low vacuum right mm-hmm. and to me it's the speed is one. i've tested the speed the speed is better like you said you cut down on on that percentage. There's a lot of arguments that hey, well, I just throw the vacuum on while I do other things and clean up and stuff like that. But it's not always it's not always that way. Sometimes you're throwing the vacuum on. You've got a crappy day. You're changing a your compressor. You throw the vacuum on at three o'clock, and you need to be out of there at four thirty because your son has got soccer, basketball, hockey, beat whatever sport. Your your daughter's in dance or whatever. I have found that using some and we don't have to go as 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 as, a, as invasive as a a true blue hose because mm-hmm. that to me is for a large application system. But if you're doing residential, light commercial, even mid-sized to large commercial, you can use a half-inch vacuum hose, a three-eighths vacuum hose, and get some really really good results. And it doesn't take a long time to set up at all, no. right? Remove the cores, the large diameter hoses straight to the pump. Use use the T's on the core removal. What I do is I I utilize the T on the core removal for my micron gauge if there's no other spot in the system to put it. And Mm -hmm. then the other core removal, I utilize the T on that where I'm going to put my charge back into. And I usually have that set up with the charging hose on there with the valve, the ball valve closed off. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that vacuum's done, I perform my decay. I open up my tank of refrigerant. I open up the ball valve and it's like, pshh right in there's zero taking hoses off um because that's the misconception people think that you're going to hook up these hoses and then you're going to take them off and lose your vacuum Mm -hmm. but they haven't they haven't done it they haven't gone through the motions and they haven't educated themselves on it and i'm gonna have to i'm really gonna have to make a a video on a a how-to or something even if it's with my recovery tank Mm -hmm. just to show the pro do you guys have videos on this by any By any chance,
0: Uh, we do have some videos on evacuation. We're actually in the process of developing a bunch of online content that'll be available. Uh, That's in the process. So you can look for that sometime here in 2024. Um, But it's just like you said just now, too. Uh, I've been in this industry for some time now and I've traveled the country training techs, contractors all across the country. And I'm always shocked. And they, again, it goes back to that skill gap at the people who just don't know the process and they don't understand that, hey, this is literally for five minutes maximum. Let's say five minutes just to remove the cores. That's if you're really struggling with it too. You're going to save 10, 15, 20, 30, depending on what you're doing in your size system, your size hoses, your pump, etc. You're going to save a bunch of time. And while... Those few minutes to some may not seem like a lot. They do add up, especially those of us who nine chances out of 10 are working in the contracting world. Time is literally money. And then the other side of that, kind of like you said, is a lot of people think that it's some kind of a sales gimmick, right? And the reality of it is, is that it's not. Uh, When I go to train people, in fact, I tell everybody, if you're using, if you're doing residential, just like you said a second ago, I recommend just using a single hose rig. You need two core remover tools, a micron yep. gauge, a pump, and a mm-hmm. single hose. That's all yep. you need. You can run two hoses. There's nothing that says you can't, but and that's part of our training. When we travel around this or when we travel around the country and we're training these people, I'm training you on the process. Mm-hmm. I'm not training you necessarily saying, hey, you know, just use our product. I want you to be better at your trade. Navac yep. wants you to be better at your trade. We want to help you. Yeah.
1: So the other the other thing when let's let's talk about uh decay, like a, a vacuum decay. There there's a lot of people that don't even know what it is. Yep. Yep. And and this is this is what I think is happening out there. So we got a new sponsor on the podcast, supplyhouse.com. They're like the HVAC Amazon. I was just reading about them. They got four fulfillment centers across the US. hvac plumbing and electrical supplies and parts and they got some tools and stuff as well so if you're looking to place an order online and get it shipped to your address or maybe even your customer's address check out supplyhouse.com for some quick and fast delivery of your hvac plumbing and electrical needs from the 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 conversations that i have and the comments that i read i think people are putting on their their manifolds and, and a lot of people have the 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 manifold gauges, the digital manifold gauges with the micron gauge inside of it. Mm. I think what they're doing is they're, they're looking at the micron gauge in their manifold. It's getting to below 500. They're closing it and they're jamming the gas in. Here's, here's the problem with that. When you perform a decay test. So l- l- let, me, let me take this back to an old school teaching. But I, I don't think it's even relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. I was taught put the micron gauge as far away from the vacuum pump as possible. That is valid if you're trying to gauge what your vacuum is while the vacuum is running. Mm-hmm. But if you if you perform a decay test and you perform it properly, it doesn't matter where the micron gauge is as long as it's on the system side because when you valve your your pump off to the system, your micron gauge doesn't matter where it is it's going to the system's going to equalize out and it's going to read true pressure Mm. right so when it comes to putting the micron gauge on a system now the fact that i'm running a decay test i don't care where it is on that system because it's all going to equalize out anyway and it's going to show me what the the true pressure is in that system Mm -hmm. now if if you have a micron gauge in your manifold set while you're running your vacuum pump, it's going to look lower than it, than it actually is because it's not on the furthest point of the system. And that's where that's where you can get kind of screwed up. And if you want to put it in the furthest point of the system just so you, you can mentally wrap your head around what's going on, put it there. It's not going to cause any problems. But once you shut those gauges off or your vacuum off, isolate your gauges, you need to watch to see what happens to that micron gauge because it's going to read what happens in the system and it's going to f- eventually equalize out. The problem I think with a lot of manifold gauges is they're not properly designed to hold a deep deep vacuum. Like we want to go as low as we possibly can. Like 500 is that that's old school man. Like try to get down below that if you can especially on a new install mm-hmm. that's clean piping, you know what I mean? try to get down below 200 if you can and hold it there. And the conversations I've had with a lot of techs is that, Hey man, I pulled my vacuum down and it's not holding It's I think I have a leak somewhere. And I said, well, the first question I asked him, are you connected to the system with your manifold? And most of the times they are. I said, eliminate your manifold from the system, right? Mm -hmm. Put your micron gauge on the system side and, Isolate your manifold from the system and see what happens. And usually they're like, oh man. And then they, they discover that their manifold is leaking. And the argument is I test my manifold under pressure and it doesn't leak. Well, it's under pressure and under a vacuum are two different things. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, just really quick, because you talk about that too, where pressure and vacuum are two different things in this industry too, for a long time, a lot of guys that I knew, they just considered their evacuation, their leak check. That was their leak check. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, Cause it's, I think it's the best form of a leak check. And
0: it is a useful tool, but you still have to do a pressure test. So, and a lot of guys yeah. just look over that. They're like, oh no, it held a vacuum. I was like, no, you have to do both. If you think about there are even certain leaks that will only appear Whether you're in a deep vacuum or you're under pressure. Because certain pipe, like uh, let's use this for an example. Let's say you have a weak braze joint, for example. And it's called the trap door uh, scenario. I can't remember who told it to me years ago. But essentially, when you pull it into a vacuum, you will see a leak. Because that little piece of braze or whatever material got in the way, you didn't flex your pipe, you didn't deburr it, whatever happened to it. But when you pull it into a vacuum, you'll see a leak because it's forcing that piece. But Mm -hmm. if you put it under pressure, it pushes it closed, kind of like a trap door. Yeah. And so they're both valid tests. And evacuation is a, it is a leak check, but it's not your end all be all. You still got to do both. And that's my Mm -hmm. opinion though.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an example of where this is actually, this is actually kind of good. It's, it's, it's a form of a debate almost here. Let, let me give you an example of what happens a lot. Uh-huh. And this is where electronic leak detectors come into play. I've, I've been to a lot of calls or talked to a lot of people. They'll go to, for instance, let's say that it's a walk-in cooler. Mm-hmm. It's shorter refrigerant, right? This is the last call I went on. There was a report inside and the guy added gas because yeah. he couldn't find a leak, right? So what it was, the, the evaporators in walk-in coolers a lot of times they corrode out because of the the food storage that's in there the food off-gases it causes um, corrosion in the coil mm-hmm. and bubbles don't find it because it's like paper thin copper yep. right you you might you could soak the entire system at 400 psi of nitrogen and you won't see a bubble because the bubbles are so damn tiny and it's so deep inside the evaporator mm-hmm. so you take a good electronic leak detector shut the fan off and go through it and it's beeping all over the place. Well, a lot of times guys will they don't have an electronic. So they they take the refrigerant out, they pump it up with four or five hundred psi with nitrogen, soap everything and go, I can't find it. An hour later, the pressure's still the same because it's such a micro leak that's not even it's not exposing itself. Yep. If they were to put it in a vacuum and get it as low as they possibly can isolate the system from their pump with a micron gauge on the system only, they would see that their micron level would rise and not flatten. It would just yep. keep going up. And the reason the reason that an evacuation is a really good pressure test is because moisture is being sucked into the system. The micron gauge is like, wait, that's a contaminant in here, mm-hmm. and it's not leaving. It just continues to be pulled in, and moisture changes as we know it changes the temperature a lot more rapidly than nitrogen would yes so i I mean that's that's one of my arguments for using um an evacuation as as one of the methods to leak test the system and i get what you're saying about the trap door method if you want to add to
0: that go ahead jesse oh no 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 and that's the thing is i don't want anyone to ever take it as me saying that do not use your evacuation as a leak check I'm just saying, make sure that you use all the tools at your disposal. I I agree to do both. A hundred percent, I do. As technicians and tradesmen in general, Mm -hmm. we take pride in our craft. Yeah, Use every tool at your disposal. But it's just like you said, just, just like you said there, I've encountered that with large commercial systems where it's such a small leak and you won't see it on the pressure check, but you will see it on your micron gauge you'll Mm -hmm. see that steady incline and that's the other thing too since we're on that with micron gauges i in my travels i am i'm impressed and surprised all at the same time at the people that don't know how to read one properly or don't know what it's telling them they may think that a wet system is a leaking system and it's not and that's why it's and again we're going off on one of my trade rants here i'm sorry Gary. you'll have to forget no, no no rant rant
1: away man rant so, away. that's what this whole thing is for
0: yeah yeah so and that that's why i got into the whole training thing man because i wanted i wanted to help i wanted to help people and when i teach our evacuation course and it's just like we just said i tell them I'd say look you have to do a pressure test and you have to do an evacuation you have to do both there should never be a scenario where you shouldn't have to do both. But with that being said, when we talk about the microns and I show, them it's like, okay, here's a leaking system. It'll be a steady incline. And if given enough time, it would really reach atmospheric pressure if you left it alone long enough. Yeah. Now, if you look a wet system, one, you may struggle to hit the old school method, 500 microns, or even whatever your manufacturer recommends. But let's say that you do hit it, then you perform your decay test. Once you turn that decay test and you start it, you'll see that it'll slowly start climbing. And at some point it's going to level off. It will hold somewhere. But just like you said, that micron gauge recognizes this is not supposed to be here. I need you to understand what I'm telling you. You can't hold your micron level. There is something in here that isn't supposed to be here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's, I mean, there's apps out there. I mean, measure quicks, one of them and and a lot of other, the, um, a lot of the other brands of digital probes and stuff like that are also, are also getting on board with monitoring evacuation where it's like, Hey, constant rise, total fail, rise and flatten. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we're still at 2000 microns, but we're flat. We got some more work to do. And that's the concerning part of guys that say, I hit 500 and send it. Well, just because if you hit 500 on your gauge, on your micron gauge, depending on where that micron gauge is on the system, you might not actually be at 500 because you haven't performed your decay to see where you're actually sitting at. Yep.
0: And so like examples of that too, whenever I do these trainings in person, so we carry around a vessel with us and it represents a five ton system. Mm -hmm. And we perform evacuation, what we call the old school method, which is where somebody just throws their manifold gauge onto the system and they try to pull it. This is a regular manifold gauge and no a vacuum yep. hose is nothing. Yep. And then you have the single hose, core removers, the way that we recommend that you do it, the proper way that you should do it. And, and when we did one of these, we were using our NRP-6DI, which is our smart vacuum pump. That's got a micron gauge built into it. Into it, yeah. So whenever we would do that, and I actually pointed out what you just said, you need to understand the difference of where your micron gauge is and be able to isolate to understand how it works. If you look at the pump versus the micron gauge on the vessel, they will read two different micron levels.
1: So if this listener base has the opportunity to head to the CMPX show, which is Canada's biggest trade show for HVAC and plumbing and mechanical, Check it out, guys, because we're putting Canada on the map here. My U.S. friends, if you can come up, uh, if you can make it, we would love to have you guys. It is March 20th to 22nd, which is a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you can make it up, come check it out. Get a free pass when you register and use promo code HVAC KNOW IT. So that's H V A C K N O W I T, HVAC KNOW IT, for a free pass when you register for
0: CMPX. That's because the pump is closest to where it's pulling that vacuum. They will always Mm -hmm. read different. So you have to understand what you're looking at, but maybe I ran it a little bit too much. Sorry, (laughs) Gary.
1: No, 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 it's fine. It's, it's the same thing as having your, your micron gauge inside of your manifold. Mm -hmm. It's closest to the pump. It's going to read lower than the furthest extremity of the system. Yep. And too many techs, to my knowledge, are considering that as the actual system pressure. Oh, I'm I'm below 500. It's time to send the, the charge in, and they're not doing the proper decay test. Yep. So it, it's just a it's just a concern of mine, and I'm glad you you do it um, both ways and, and and show the difference mm-hmm. because that is that's really important. Because like I said, if you don't do it yourself or or shown by somebody that understands the process you're not going to wrap your head around how this works and coming back to this thing you said about sales it's such it's such a bogus argument because this is this is why it's a bogus argument every tech in HVAC should have a micron gauge already yep every tech in HVAC ha- should have at least one core removal tool to change a live core if it's leaking under pressure so all you have to add to that arsenal if you're doing residential work is one vacuum hose mm-hmm that's it yep so it's not no it's not going to break the bank one hose one vacuum hose if you're doing larger commercial higher com- and like larger mid larger commercial stuff yeah a couple of hoses maybe even go up to half inch couple of core removal tools the investment is not that much no it's not that much of an investment
0: no no it, not at all especially again when you look at the Talking again to the contractor side of things. Time is literally money to most of these people, especially let's look at the guys who run their own business, small shops with one or two, maybe three guys. You could potentially, let's say that you could just save maybe an hour a day. Well, what could you do with that hour a day? Just buy a small investment. And the other side of it too is uh, I always, I make the statement whenever I start to teach everyone, as if my uh, my loving and beloved accent isn't enough. I am uh, no salesman. I am a tech by trade and I'm tech gone trainer. So yeah. I'm talking tech to tech here. Yeah, I just had this conversation about
1: with someone else about sales. And it's it's about, it's not about sales. It's about if you're a tech to heart and that's that's what I am, I'm a tech to heart. Mm-hmm. I have never, never I've never considered any sort of repair or upgrade I've done a sale. I've never considered it that I considered it a solution to get you back up and running as best as we possibly can within the budget that you have. Mm -hmm. It's never been a sale to me. Right. Yeah. I I get sent on a call. I diagnose, I diagnose, I'm like, you need this. And this is where it comes into, into play with, I've seen an argument once where someone said, yeah, I'm changing the compressor and I'm changing the contactor too. And someone's like, well, if you're changing the contactor, it's because you've been to a sales course. And I'm like, what? And I'm reading, I'm like, what? No, 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 no. No. You, You can inspect a contactor, but here's the thing. I have seen compressors go in and with old contactors mm-hmm. and the old contactor pulls in, the springs might be a little bit weak or something like that. One side welds at single phases and the brand new compressor is gone. Yep. We used to do work for a company um, with, when I was with my, sorry, I had to cancel my phone. I used to do work with, with a company and it would all, it was all comp- comprehensive. So they would, it was like insurance. Mm-hmm. They would pay us a set fee for the year and, we could be effed on that, but we could make money on that. It depended on what went wrong. And anytime we changed a compressor, we put a contactor in yep. because we were losing money buying a contactor. We were losing the bottom line. It was getting lower, mm-hmm. but we would still put one in because it was best practice. So I hear you, man. And I just want to throw that example in as, as a solution mm-hmm. based diagnostic rather than a sales and trying to upsell someone.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually, I had the same conversation with a, uh, i did one of our recovery trainings here recently Mm -hmm. and in the training i recommend that you know you put a filter dryer before your machine Mm -hmm. and that is strictly to protect your machine and it is a recommendation okay i'm not telling you you have to but i'm telling you and again not a sales pitch here for the cost of that filter dryer versus the potential chance of damaging the equipment that you need to do your job on the daily it makes sense i mean so a filter dryer around here might be might be 10 15 bucks at most mm-hmm. yeah so I'm not trying to sell anything just like you said it's best practice the yeah. risk versus reward ratio that's what you have to take yeah. into consideration
1: yep so let's spend a few minutes um, talking about recovery and no gauges because that's that's a thing now too and mm-hmm. I received I received the, the rapid Y that you guys have recently launched and the three eights big boy hoses. And I've still yet to demo the the, the equipment mm-hmm. together um because you have your new NR7, which is a lightweight recovery machine. But let's talk about how we can eliminate a manifold system when pulling a recovery as well.
0: All right. So essentially when we talk about eliminating the manifold system from your recovery. That's literally exactly how it sounds. So instead of hooking up your manifold to the system, to your recovery machine, to your tank, do not use your manifold. Instead, use two core remover tools. Use a Y fitting or T, whatever you prefer. And then make sure that you're removing the cord. Use a large diameter hose. Use the filter dryer, like I said, to protect your equipment. Again, my recommendation, you don't have to. Then from there, you can hook it to your tank. In addition to all this, one, think about when you're going to do a recovery. What all are you carrying onto the roof with you? You're carrying a manifold gauge. You're carrying your pump or not your pump. Well, you're probably going to carry your pump because you're going to have to do that too if you're recovering. But you're carrying all this equipment up here. Well, this eliminates the need to carry more additional and potentially heavier components. In fact, the entire rig that I just mentioned, you could easily fit into a two and a half gallon bucket minus your machine, obviously. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, I mean, in the commercial world, I always roped everything up to the roof. So five gallon buckets and lineman totes were my best friend. The ability to do the job more efficiently, quicker, with less equipment and still perform quality work is a huge game changer and when we talk about it again we mentioned it earlier in the class when you look at the manifold set it goes into a conversation of diameter over distance so you can have a short restriction for a small period of time or you can have a long restriction for the entire time and what i'm referring to when i say that is i'm referring to your manifold hoses so typical manifold hose is a quarter inch hose I'm recommending that you use big boy hoses, not saying any brands because again, I'm not here to sell you, but when you do this, you allow yourself to be more efficient at your job. You remove any restrictions and you're also set up for evacuation right after you've recovered and you've completed a repair or whatever you're doing. If that's what you're doing, you may be decommissioning a piece of equipment.
1: Yeah. And, and coming back to, pulling those out you you now you, now you're in control of how fast the evacuation is because if if you have your quarter inch hoses you got your schraders in you're you're at the the schrader and the hoses basically you're you're at their um they're mercy you're at, yeah that's the word thank you very much you're at their mercy but if you remove them now you can throttle your recovery machine to how you want it the throttle and change that as you as you get the liquid out and it's just vapor. You can just go full on hard, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're at the mercy of things you can't control, it's something you can't control. That's, that's what the more we're in control of our own jobs, the speed of them and the efficiency of them. It, it's a better place to be, mm-hmm. right? And and I don't like being out of control of the, the job sites I'm on. When I start losing control of of a of a task on a job because mm-hmm. something is something out of my control has happened. It's very frustrating. It's it's always nice as a technician to have every step and every method that you you, you have within your job or in your day to have complete control over it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because now now, now it, it's your bitch. <laughs> you know what i mean you know it's it's your bitch it's not it's not anybody else's you're not at the mercy or the demise of 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 the the equipment and the cores and the the restrictions yeah so i mean i mean eliminating manifolds has been tried and tested by many many people by many many industry individuals like yourself and professionals and they have seen benefits and when they talk they get argued upon with people that have never even tried it or experienced it mm-hmm. and say, and say it's bogus. And that's where I get a little bit frustrated is like, don't judge something until you've actually experienced it yourself.
0: Yep. And, and that, again, it, it kind of just goes into the, uh, y- again, we, we have to evolve. Okay. What well, worked 10 years ago is not the best practice now. In fact, it could be as soon as what worked five years ago may not be the best practice tomorrow. That's how quickly this trade evolves. That's how quickly it yeah. changes.
1: I'm yeah. waiting for the Bluetooth evacuation to happen, man. We're just kind of blue- <laughs> it Bluetooths from the machine into the tank.
0: <laughs> I, I, just wireless evacuation. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Hoseless evacuation.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, uh, we... <laughs> It, it always uh, cracked me up because I talked to people and this applies to both evacuation and recovery when we're talking about those cores. And there was a, uh, there's a gentleman here. I know him locally. Uh, I didn't work with him, but he worked for another contractor and we would be on the same job site from time to time. And he would always argue with my methods and, yeah, you know, we'd butt heads. That's kind of how it is in the trade, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, And so I ran into him recently and he was talking to me, watched one of my videos or something like that. And he was arguing about the straighter cores, And he goes, doesn't really matter, man. Let's just be honest with me. And I said, dude, I've been honest with you for the last 10 years. It matters. And I said, look, I want you to look at this. So if you leave the straighter core in, just like you said, you're at its mercy. This is regardless of evacuation or recovery. Do you know what the total CFM you can pull through that trailer core is? The the number? No, I don't have that number. Well, it, okay, well it's in my head. 0.5, okay. so it's half a CFM. And so if you look at that, and let's say you're pulling from both ends, right? And again, regardless of evacuation or recovery, this principle still remains the same as a restriction. If you're pulling through both ends, you're going to pull a max of one CFM. Okay, so regardless of what rig you're using, you're still at that mercy. And then when you add the manifold in there, again, you're just throwing something else to slow you down. And on the recovery side, all techs should know that heat is the enemy of recovery. All right. Well, as HVAC techs, we know that something that generates heat is friction. Mm -hmm. So when it has to run through multiple hoses all these things and a lot of people don't realize that it does pick up friction and it does build up heat just like the dip tube inside of the tank that causes heat inside of that tank it's additional friction built up from the tank so why would you want to keep more restriction add more heat and then you have to use a molecular sub cooler or bucket of ice or run a water hose over a recovery cylinder instead just take two minutes remove the cores, get rid of the manifold, carry less equipment up to the roof with you and still get the job done efficiently, quicker, and with no compromise to what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that, that's that, uh, I call it the old school versus new school mentality. <laughs> and yep. I, I need to make that clear. I have no issue with the guys. I've been doing it for years, man. Love all of them to death. And I've learned a lot from them. Oh, well, of course. And, I I love even more when I get to argue with them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I I mean, the amount of things I learned from the old school guys is, is invaluable. Mm -hmm. But as I, as I figured some things out for myself, I realized some of the things they, they would say and some of the the things they would do Mm -hmm. are complete, are complete BS these days. Yep. Like, I was always told, hey, man, um, nitrogen's inert. It doesn't change pressure with temperature. And that was always their definition of inert. And I'm like, and I always argue with people because that's what I was told by my superiors when I was 21, 22 years old. And these 45-year-old grumpy techs are are yelling at you, right? Mm -hmm. You just just assume that they've been in, in the industry that long and they know what they're talking about. And then when you go and have that conversation with someone that actually knows different, you sound like a, a complete fool when you argue back with them mm-hmm. right yeah you 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 eventually realize that I was just a complete fool when I argued that because I'm wrong I was taught wrong mm-hmm. I was taught wrong from the beginning by by these guys but they were also taught wrong so where do you disrupt the the cycle of of being taught wrong. Someone's got to come in and, and disrupt that cycle and they're going to get shit on for a long time, but eventually people are going to go, well, I'm going to try this myself and see what happens. And eventually it, ta- it takes time, but it gets there.
0: Oh, dude, I'm telling you. So, uh, before, um, uh, before I ever left my contracting business, I ended up there. I was their director of training there. And I managed our apprenticeship, our tier one technicians. I built trade school programs and college programs around the tri-state to try to help that skill gap I keep talking about. Mm -hmm. And I always used to say, here is the reality, a young tech, a young man, young woman, whoever goes into the trade, whoever they are put with, they will become them. Yeah. And so that's why I keep, pointing out you know we have to evolve we cannot keep the old way of thinking in fact i think the first guy i ever shadowed a really senior tech i think he retired literally two months after i was there he uh he used the uh, cardinal sin word beer can cold and uh <laughs> i said that to my boss one day and he looked at me he said we don't do that here Who who's doing yeah. that <laughs> we don't do that yeah. here <laughs> yeah um but just like that beer can cold look back what I'll say 25, 30 years. Beer can cold may have been the standard. Yeah. Now it's considered hack. It's an actual term. It's a hack job. Yeah. That's why we have to evolve with it. We can't keep this same mentality that just because something is new, it's not any good.
1: You know why I hate beer can cold, and I've said this to a few people, is that I, I like my beer a lot colder than what a suction line should be. Anyway. <laughs> heard that a lot. So if if you're going to if you're going to go by the beer like I like my beer at like 34 or 35 degrees, man. Like not not like uh as close to freezing as you can without freezing the beer without becoming I mean, a what, what what's what's a suction line? at? suction line is like 50 degrees or something like that if you have you know what I mean? If mm. if if you're like in air conditioning, if you're running that's that's kind of warm for a beer for
0: me. Yeah, well, yeah. No, no. I, I'm telling <laughs> you, man, it, it was a and again it came down to like we were talking about the recovery manifold and stuff. When I was in trade school, so they didn't necessarily show me about the evacuation hoses and they taught me to pull through manifolds. That's evacuation and recovery. And when right. I came to my first contractor job and my boss saw Yeah, me hooking up my manifold gauge to the vacuum pump. He, uh, he, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, he took my hoses and he threw them in the trash. (laughs) And he said, those are not for that. I'm going to buy you a new set and I'm going to buy you an appropriate set for what you're trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I I, I was very grateful to come from that company, man.
1: This is a, this is a rabbit hole that we could, we could go down forever and ever and ever. And I I just, I I think that the techs out there that have not tried these methods should try them for themselves, research it, get the correct tools they need to do, to do it. Mm -hmm. it's not expensive. Like, I mean, like I said, if you're a technician in this trade and you don't own a micron gauge or a core removal tool, you need those anyway. So get them. Yep. Add a couple of vacuum hoses to your arsenal and that's all you need. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and you're good to go. You're off to the races. That's, that's evacuation Um, recovery. Like you said, I mean, there, there's wise out there that prevent manifolds, um, prevent use of manifolds Mm -hmm. and, and and there's hoses to do this as well. So anyway, man, I I don't want to, uh, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole forever because I don't want to burn this, the subject out with, with the audience here. But, uh, but I think that for those listening, please do a little bit of research and a little bit of digging and try it yourself. If you're skeptical, skepticism is fine. I'm fine with skepticism because it leads to curiosity, which leads to learning. And the opposite of skepticism to me is closed-minded. Like, nope, 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 not doing it. Right. That's mm-hmm. not the attitude you should have. It's it's like, hmm, I want to learn more about this and see if it's actually valid and if it actually suits what I'm doing in the trade here. Yep. Yeah. And and you might find that it that, that it will, and I, I think you will.
0: No absolutely I think uh, any tech at no matter how long you've been doing this there was something or a tool a process something that came along that was new it was unknown and at some point you tried it and now that's your standard that's what that's you, your standard that's what you yeah. use yeah. because you saw how much better it made your career your life and your job and it took away headache. Yeah. These processes, these tools, everything that is changing is no different. But as humans, I mean, we, we don't like change. That's the reality. A no, lot of humans don't. No.
1: no, we don't like change. We don't like stepping out of our comfort zone. And I've all, I always use this example. I wish social media was around when the first car was launched and all the people with their horse and buggy are yelling, screaming on social media. Why do I need that? Man, yeah. I got my horse and buggy, right? And yeah. now everybody drive car, now. everybody's driving cars. So oh, I yeah. mean, it's, it's just the natural progression. Um, but Jesse, thank you very much for this, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, no, man. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hope
1: you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter. LinkedIn, and anywhere else
0: Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.